Good morning. Good morning. Please join with me in our responsive call to worship that you will find in your bulletins. Let us make a joyful noise to the Lord. Let us serve the Lord with gladness and come into God's presence with singing. The Lord is good. It is God that made us, and we are of his. We are God's people and the sheep of God's pasture. Let us enter God's gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to God. Bless God's name. For the Lord is good, God's steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Please join with me in prayer. God of ever-flowing and overflowing grace, as we gather in worship at this time, we do so with seeking hearts and open hearts, and with lives filled with all sorts of hopes and dreams, needs, concerns, and joys in responding to your invitation to your new life and possibilities this hour, help us to slow down for a moment so that we may listen and take more notice to what you offer for our lives and help us in this way to put our lives back into healthy perspective and into your order. Help us to fully let your spirit in so we may become lovingly transformed, reshaped, and supported by you. All this we pray in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It is a pleasure to be here worshiping with you at Southport Congregational Church. Whoever you are and wherever you are on your faith journey, we are thrilled to be sharing this time with you. Um, we do want to be friends here, and that's why we have those lovely friendship, friendship books on the side aisles of your pews. I'm going to try a new thing every, every week to get those things moving. So if you wouldn't mind taking that friendship register, sign your name, pass it along to the friend sitting next to you, and then take some time after worship in Fellowship Hall um, during our special coffee hour to greet one another. And if you're new and visiting with us for the first time and would like to hear more about SCC, 
Jot us down some contact information and we will reach out to you. Uh, there are a number of great things. It's September, so everything's kicking off. Our church school is up and running. Um, if you're kindergarten through fifth grade, you'll be with me in the chapel. Sixth through eighth grade, we'll be with Mrs. White and Mrs. Oak and Shuey down in the youth room. Um, Infants through pre-K are going to be in room five with Kayla Cohen and Scarlett Rex, so everybody's got a place here. Um, also, our senior, Bell, and all children's choirs have begun rehearsing, so if you would like to join any of those, they would love to have new voices, um, and we would love to see you up here. Today after church, in the library around 11.30, we will have um, a confirmation parents meeting for anyone who is considering confirmation. Our senior high youth group starts up tonight at 7 o'clock in the youth room. Our men's and women's groups start up on Thursday, men at 7 a.m., women at the more reasonable hour of 11.30 a.m. And um, we are also, uh, our seminarian, Dave Stewart, is going to be in charge of our prayer ministry and prayer partners this year, along with our caring team. We're looking for people who are interested in being part of our intentional prayer ministry. If you would like to do that, his email is in the bulletin there. And also our caring team is kind of like the hands-on um, care of our church. So delivering baked goods or sending a card or driving someone to a doctor's appointment or something that they might need. So if you'd like to do that as well, Dave's email is still in the bulletin so you can get him there. Um, and our carousel thrift shop, this is, a, this is an important one. That carousel thrift shop is out of control, ladies and gentlemen. It is doing such a great job. There's a steady stream of people there. And they need a volunteer to be a cashier on Saturdays. And you can do either a two-hour or four-hour shift. So if you happen to have some time on Saturdays and you could help them out, I know that they would completely appreciate that. And then um, my last thing is about Rooms of the View, because it's never too soon to talk about Rooms of the View. I'm not going to mention that it's only 17 Fridays until Christmas. I am going to mention Rooms of the View, though. Um, so Rooms of the View is our church's biggest fundraiser. Um, it is celebrating its 29 years now, which is really hard to believe. Um, and yeah, we should applaud that because it's amazing. And one of the really, yeah, go ahead. I'll give you time. And now I'm going to say, if you applauded, you need to do what I'm about to talk about. Uh, no, but um, here's just a really fun thing. Our son Parker just had his 28th birthday. He has lived and breathed rooms of the view. He's an architect, and he's actually going to be um, one of the vignettes this year. So that is very exciting. I know, right? So we had our, um, our designers meeting on last Thursday, and they are a great bunch of talented people. Um, so it really promises to be a great show. And we are bringing back something from the early years of Rooms with a View. And that is the opportunity for you and or your company, if you own a company, um, to just support us in a really fun way. There are four designs here for a little ad, quarter page ad. Um, you can do it in honor of somebody. You can do it to celebrate someone. You can just do it to say thanks, Rooms of the View, for all that you've done. Um, you just pick one of those ads. You send it off to Chris Phillip. His email's there. 
and you make a donation of $250, and it really helps uh, Rooms of the View move forward and be able to do all that it does. Um, so if you'd like to participate in that program book, it's all there. There's a nice letter from John Trainer on the um, inside and then all the information on the, on the back side. So um, that is what I have for you today. I think I've got covered everything. Yep, all right, then let's carry on and have our children come on down. Come on, William, I see you. You're called, Charlie's coming because I see him too. Mm. And Ryan, yes. I thought it was going to be Ryan Fleming hiding under there because I saw the other Flemings, but almost. All right, good job. And look at this, a long grandbaby is here for your first children's sermon. Many years, Emily sat here. So this is what you guys can do. Emily used to be, uh, when she was little, she sat right on this step with us, doing the same thing you're doing. And now look, she brought a little baby. I love that. Hi. Come on down. All right. I have a question for you guys, OK? Have you ever, in your life, said to someone, sure, I'll do that, and then not done it? Anyone? Oh, look at those hands, right? It happens. We have the best intentions sometimes, right? Sometimes we just don't. So do you know there's a story about that in the Bible? Jesus tells a story. Two young brothers. Their father owns some fields. And he says to the brothers, I need you to go out to the fields today and work for me. And one brother says, oh, dad, I'd really like to, but I have this job of working on repairing the barn. I'm trying to get that done. So I'm not going to be able to go work in the field. And the other son, the father looks at the other son, you know, hopefully, like parents do, like, you're going to help me out here? And the other son says, sure, dad, I'll go. I'll go work. So the father's like, thank you so much, and he leaves. He comes back many hours later, and he walks out to the field. And who's in the field? No. Nope, someone's there. The Which one? The older brother. The one who said, no, I can't do that. I'm working on the barn. But he thought to himself, you know what? I have time to do both, and my dad needs my help. So I'm going to go work the field. Where do you think the other brother is? Playing video games. Yeah, even though it's Jesus' time. He was pretty much playing Fortnite, I'm pretty sure. Right? <laughs> totally. Just never showed up. Why do you think Jesus tells that story to his followers? What do you think? So they can show respect, listen to what their parents say. What else might he, you know, we all know Jesus has multiple lessons inside of every story, right? What else might he be saying? He later on says, let your yes 
be yes and your no be no. Anything else is just bad. Yeah, if you say you're going to do something, you should do something. So what if you say you're going to love God? Is it okay to say you're going to love God and then be mean? No. Is it okay to say I'm going to love God and then not help someone who needs your help? No. If we say we're going to love God, then we need to love God by doing things, right? If we say we're going to follow Jesus, is it okay to use his name as kind of a word of frustration? No, because Jesus is love. We don't want to do that, right? So what Jesus is saying to his people is, if you say you're going to love God, you need to show respect. You need to do what you say you're going to do. You need to love God. If I say, follow me, and you say, I'm here, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, and you don't do it, bad. Just bad, right? So that's one of those stories that Jesus wants us to know. Let your yes be yes, let your no be no. And I'm going to give you a little secret that you need to remember every day of your life from here on in, okay? It's harder to say no when someone asks you to do something, right? It's hard to say no. But if you are honest with your no's, then your yeses are even more powerful. Because if you say yes to everything and then you don't do it all, right? Makes people upset and cry, you know? So in your days, go ahead and say no if you really don't think you can do something. Because then when you do say yes, people are going to really respect that and know that you're going to follow through, right? So let's say a prayer. Dear God, thank you for giving us voices and minds that can help us say yes to the things we want to do and no to the things we can't do. Be with us in all of our choices so that our yeses are always yeses. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's go to church school. Oi.
As we enter a time together of quiet prayer, meditation, and reflection, we ask that you keep in your thoughtful contemplation and lift up in your prayers uh, Amanda Marino, whose mother is having foot surgery this week. For Bo Allen, our prayers for continuing treatment and healing from neck cancer. Prayers of peace and comfort. For members and loved ones of members who are in hospice care, including Neil Rice, who remains at home with his wife, Carol, and Mark Foster, who is at home with his wife, Carla. And for the thousands in Morocco and Libya who have died or been injured in the earthquake and the floods, and for those in Hawaii dealing with the aftermath of the devastating wildfires in Maui. And for others in our church and our community who are suffering privately from illness or injuries, battling addiction and mental health issues. We also ask for your prayers of thanksgiving for the many blessings and gifts that we have, including prayers of joy and celebration for the arrival of Robert William Haas, who was born on Friday morning into the loving arms of our member Christina Whitaker and Brendan Haas. Robert William is the grandson of Stephanie and Andrew Whitaker, our beloved members. And prayers of thanksgiving for some relief for Bud Santa, John's brother, who we prayed for last week while he was in hospice care. He's taken a slight turn for the better, and we pray for his comfort and peace. With these prayers and the prayers in your own hearts and minds, let us be present with God. Holy, loving, and infinite one, God of comfort and peace, God of beauty, God of mercy, compassion, and justice, God of forgiveness. We pray to you this morning, God, as we bring our needs to you into your arms that are always open to embrace us, your creation. We pray knowing that some of us need healing. Some of us need holding. Some of us need light in the darkness. Some of us need forgiveness. Let us never forget that you are the source of all that is good in the world. So that when we despair, when we lose hope, when we are in pain, and when we are lonely, let us accept your open invitation always to enter into the mysterious and inexplicable relationship with you. 
so that we might be strengthened. We might be at peace. We might be lifted from all in this world that weighs us down. All that lures us into false hope. All that distracts us from the ultimate truth, which is found only in you, God. And in the way that you modeled human life when you appeared in the flesh through Jesus Christ. And when we rejoice in our good fortune and blessings, let us celebrate acknowledging your hand in it all. Because it is only through you, as we saw so clearly when you walked among us through your Son, that our lives become illuminated and that we are lifted up in the love, compassion, and forgiveness that we give each other, your creation. We thank you, God, as we lift up our prayers to you and ask that with your loving and merciful presence, you enter into our lives and the lives of our neighbors so that we experience you more closely, more deeply in our souls. In your name and in your spirit we pray. Amen. Proverbs 11 reads, Some give freely, yet grow all the richer. Others withhold what is due and only suffer want. A generous person will be enriched, and one who gives water will get water. This morning we'll be taking a special contribution for the thousands upon thousands of victims of the earthquake in Morocco, the floods in Libya, and the wildfires in Hawaii. All offerings in the yellow envelopes that are found in, in the back of your pews will go to the UCC Disaster Relief Fund for the benefit of those victims and their families. If you are giving electronically, just designate that you wish for your offering to go to the UCC Disaster Relief Fund. And so as we enter our time of offering, in the spirit of generosity, I invite you to offer what you are able so that you might be enriched through your giving. Our morning offering will now be received.
Please join with me in the unison prayer of dedication. Our loving God, this moment and every moment of giving is a sacred opportunity for us to both thank you for our lives and to share your love through our gifts so that your love and our love will flourish in the world through our gifts and through the works of your church. May you bless all who are about to receive your love through our hearts and through these gifts. Amen. We have an insert uh, in your bulletin that has scripture passages and it has a couple of poems and so forth. And if you want to just take that out, and um, we are going to really be focusing on the, uh, the the first and the and the fourth scripture passage today, which we shared last week. Um, they are very good. They are very potent. So we're going to be focusing on them again today with part two. And um, why don't we read the first one and the fourth one together? How about that? As a person thinks, so they are. And whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there's anything that's excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Amen. May God bless our understanding and our living of these words of abundant life. So this is not a question of if, <clears throat> but I wonder how many times in your life you ever wished you had a magic wand. That's what we're talking about today. Maybe you're hoping for something to happen, praying for something to happen. Um, maybe you are hoping and praying, you wish you had a different result come through. And wouldn't it be great if you had a magic wand that you could use to make somebody else behave better, be nicer, fall in love with you? <laughs> Maybe that you could use on somebody else so that they could just get their act together. <clears throat> it would be a hot seller. There are a zillion times in my life that I have wished uh, for all these things and so many more. And of course, all that stuff is in the realm of make-believe. You can't do that stuff. But, as we began thinking about last week, we do have access to a very real and very powerful magic wand. And that is that we have the power to imagine Potential. We have the power to imagine the ideal of what can be. And sometimes this has been called things like the kingdom of God. It's been called uh, heaven on earth. It's been called God's ultimate will. Or your greatest potential. And take this that we can imagine and then with our efforts and with action and with our persistence, we can turn this hope and this possibility from imagination into reality. 
And this is not New Age thinking. I mean, it is part of New Age thinking. But what I'm talking about is not New Age thinking, and it's not wishful thinking, and it's not pop psychology. What we're talking about is, is using the power that God gives each one of us. Because, as it said in the scripture, and we read together, and it's true, as a person thinks, so they are. The Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu, back in 600 BC, said something very similar. Wrote, if you correct your mind, the rest of your life will fall into place. So for that reason, be careful. Be full of care as to what you think about and as to what you put into your mind. Because ingredients matter. <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, um, I was away, I was in a restaurant, I was ordering breakfast, and on the breakfast menu, it listed something called farmer hash browns. And it sounded really good. And it came, and it was beautiful. And I took one bite, and my head almost blew off. My lips were on, I think there was actual flames on my lips. And, and I, now I actually like spicy food, but my stomach started convulsing. I started hiccuping. Does that ever happen to you? Like I said, my stomach is just like goes into these convulsions. And, and so I take a closer look and this thing is loaded, loaded with raw jalapeno peppers. And I mean loaded. I don't usually take pictures of my food, but on that scripture passage, what you see there, that was the breakfast. I couldn't believe it. Look at that pile of, these peppers were a 10. <clears throat> 11, it was 11. I turned it up to 11. So it's a great reminder to me. <laughs> I look at that picture and I go, you know what? Different ingredients, bring different results, right? Now you're probably thinking, you know, tell me something I don't know, right? This is obvious, right? But the funny thing I found in life though is that we, we know this stuff and we respect it when it comes to things like jalapeno peppers and things like that. I think we just seem to respect it less when it comes to the ingredients that we put into our mind and into our soul. As I mentioned last week in part one, this is why our scriptures take great care to tell us things like, you know, if you would like to experience an uplifting life, if you would like to experience a loving life, a free life, be open relationally, a generous life, if you'd like to have that experience of what it feels like to be contributing to the good of others, to the good of the world, if you want the sense of well-being and joy, then think about these things, it says. And our faith goes on page after page in great detail throughout, saying this is the ingredients that you put in to get a life like that. 
And it again includes things like the obvious, like being loving, forgiving, not judging, generous, being uplifting, not selfish, not greedy, caring more about people than things. Treating your life and every life as something sacred and of value. Think about and genuinely become these things and guaranteed you will create a life of strength and meaning and well-being and calm resolve, resilience, happiness, joy, all of it. Because as you think, so shall you become. So step one is just knowing this. Step two <laughs> is the practice. How do you do it? Well, last week we ended our time together with a very powerful poem that was titled Reality. And it's one person's take on how she viewed the world and her place in it. And if you read the poem one way, the normal way, from the top down, then, and I could feel it when we read this together, it was incredibly depressing, wasn't it? Just super negative and limiting and, and blaming and unfair, and this is everything that's wrong and not possible. But then as we took those exact same words and we read them from a, using a different approach from the bottom up, exact same words, instantly the message became one of hope and strength and possibility. It was wild. And people love that poem. So much, I got so much feedback on it and everything. Not only did you love it, but I, I know that that poem was then sent on to so many people, so many of your family and friends, right? I'm seeing the nodding heads and stuff all over the country. So um, just as an aside, we do have extra copies of that in case you didn't see it or if you want more copies or whatever in, in the narthex. The real magic wand that God gives us is this power is this power. So over the summer, along these lines, um, on the physical sense, I, I read a, a great book having to do with our physical health. And it was recommended, and she's here today, by a very good friend, one of our deacons, church member, Chrissy Gould. And it's called Outlive. Have ever, any of you seen this book? Read it? Highly recommend this book. Wonderful. And it's subtitled, The Science and Art of Longevity. And I love it because it deals with this awareness and practice of choosing well from among all the variables that we have to do with our physical health and with our longevity, where if we adjust the dial one way, and if we turn the dial up on things like again, we know processed food, saturated fat, sugar, then our life is most likely going to be shorter. And we're going to create ill health. And you're not going to feel so good along the way. But you adjust the dial in a different direction, you get a vastly different result. Now, genetics, obviously, is going to have the last word but the bottom line is, we have a lot of control. 
water, minerals, fat, protein, exercise, sleep, healthy weight. And he also points to some easy behavioral changes, wearing a seatbelt, not smoking, moderate drinking, hundreds of others. So there's these physical dials that we have under our control. And then we have the ingredients that impact our mental health. And these ingredients are almost limitless. What information, what thought patterns, what philosophies, what experiences, what memories do we intentionally create and put into our minds? So Laura shared with me an article the other day um, that was written by a, a neurologist. And he talked about the impact of what you think about the very last thing right before you go to sleep and how that affects what follows. The article said from a neurological standpoint, your brain doesn't differentiate between a real life experience and one that you think of in your mind or remember, recall. If you recall or rehash the very last thing before you, your head hits the pillow, all the people and all of the experiences that disappointed you during the day and people who bugged you and annoyed you and everything that went wrong, for one thing, you're feeding this to your brain and your brain lives all these experiences all over again as if they were real for the second time. So what you're intentionally feeding yourself and digesting all over again is like a whole meal of jalapeno peppers. <laughs> On the other hand, if at the end of the day you recall the reasons for your gratitude, how are you blessed? What were the moments of grace? What were the moments of, of opportunity that, that you would like to do better and goals that you'd like to set? If you set your intention on, on these desires, then all night long, your brain is going to unconsciously work to create plans and possibilities to help make those things come to life. And neurologists and psychologists say that over time, this will help steer you to become these things. It also said, it ended up saying, try doing this for a month and you notice what difference it makes. So that's what you can do a practice at the last part of the day. How about the first part of the day? Same thing. What we feed ourselves in the first part of the day. What do you feed yourself? What do you notice? What do you pay attention to right when you wake up? There are practices. If you know Laura, you know that she gets fed by music. She always loves to have music going on. Me, not so much. Quiet. <laughs> Laura, the music. So, so, so over the summer, what she did was she created her anti-stress playlist. 
and I think it's great. It has only, it only includes positive, nourishing, happy, loving, motivational, calming songs. And for the past few weeks, we've been starting every day, every morning, sometimes listening to it many times, a certain song. You guessed it. Bob Marley's Three Little Birds. <laughs> Do you know, anybody of you know this song? Yeah, right? Go singing, don't worry about a thing. Because every little thing is going to be all right. Sing and don't worry about a thing. Because <laughs> every little thing is going to be all right. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And I was thinking about this, and it's like, you know, that's not superficial. That's like 23rd Psalm. Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Makes me lie down in green pastures, lead me beside still waters. He restores my soul. That's a great thing to feed yourself in the morning. Great song, some, some scripture. You know, and over and over, that kind of thing, it changes you. So there's knowing and there's practice. What are some other practices? Song, scripture. Scriptures, you know, we get, uh, we get different scriptures every Sunday. And some people I know take these home, they circle them and make notes or whatever, stick them on their refrigerator, stick them in your Bible, you know, stick them in your pocket, carry them around, take a look during the week. And then the impact continues. You can start your day, obviously, with yoga, walk, exercise, meditation. You know, getting your kids dressed if you have young kids. And you, you might hear that and just go, whoa, I don't think so. <laughs> We've had four kids, you know. You can, you can actually approach, and you can say to yourself, you know, getting ki kids dressed in the morning, that's going to be my spiritual practice. And you approach it that way, just like doing dishes. Sometimes in Eastern traditions, doing, they say, you know, doing dishes, make that your spiritual practice. And then you do them differently. And it works. Some people start their day before anyone is up with a little devotional reading. There's a, an app, uh, and it's also a book that a lot of people love called Jesus Calling. It has a little scripture and a little reflection for every day. We're using one in, in men's group um, last year called The Uncommon Life. That's a daily devotional. A lot of guys like it. It's written by a guy named Tony Dungy, who is a, a, a Super Bowl winning football coach. Um, every day there's a scripture passage, and every day there's, it's somehow linked to football. So, <laughs> you know, some people like to start their day beholding the sunrise. I know a guy who has, oh my God, he has so many sunrise pictures that he, that he posts on Facebook from his home. And you behold the sunrise. You can thank God for the day. Prayer. Prayer. Any of you watch um, US Open women's finals at the end of it? Coco Goff, right? How many, how many of you saw that? Wow, right? Coco Goff at the end of it. She just won the US Open for women. One of the youngest people ever, 19 years old, American. She just won, worked her way all through up and stuff, and she says a little prayer just, just to herself. She's just sitting there on the bench, very, very understated, and she just goes like this, right? And she's just, and she's quiet. 
And it just generated so much curiosity. And, and the, the interviewer said, were you saying a prayer? And she said, yes. And, and they said, well, what do you pray about? It's like this whole new thing. Like, what do you pray about? She said, I never pray to win. I just pray, and you've probably heard this, right? You know, I just pray to do my best that nobody gets injured, to use God, the gifts that God gave me, and to say thank you. Very simple. Very powerful. Very powerful. I don't know how you felt when you saw that, if you saw that, that interview. It transformed a lot of people, really, and their understanding of, of spirituality in everyday life. All these things can, can help set you in one direction. And then some people, myself included, on more days than I care to admit, start off the day with the news. <laughs> different ingredients bring a different result. When I start off the day like that, to me it just doesn't feel so good. It doesn't feel as good as thanking God for my life and how I can use my gifts, beholding the sunrise. So either way though, either way, we control the dials of the input and the output. So there is knowing this, there's practicing this, and then there is something else which is huge, which is our expectations. These things that we tell ourselves about how we think things should be. And our expectations don't just play a part of our well-being. Our expectations, and this is going to sound like a lot, but our expectations completely control our sense of satisfaction or disappointment all the way from joy to outrage and all points in between. And it's a huge point. And because it's so big, and it's 1055, I'm going to keep us for another half an hour. No. That's, uh, that's going to be your focus for the next time. And that's what we're going to talk about. October 1st. Next Sunday is Mission Sunday. So October 1st. In the meantime, we set in our minds as a person thinks, so they are. Our faith equips us for life. To be at the controls, mentally, physically, spiritually. So think about these things. Amen.
as we go out from this place into the world and gift of life as God gives to us. May we go with this ancient and living blessing. Uh, May God be in your head and in your understanding. May God be in your eyes and in your seeing and perceiving. May God be in your ears and in your careful and loving listening. May God be in your mouth and in the words that you choose that can hurt or heal. May God be in your heart and in the fullness of your loving. And may God be in your hands and in your uplifting, your strengthening of others, and in your embracing. Go with this peace, this strength, this courage, this complete love, now and forevermore, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.